Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Audio Podcast. Well, I have an announcement to make at the top of this podcast, and it's this. I have a girlfriend. It's true. I do. There is someone who shares my heart in addition to Beverly, my wife. In fact, Beverly not only knows about her, but also named her my girlfriend. I admire this woman. I follow this woman. I pay a lot of attention to this woman. And there's probably no question that she is my girlfriend. Who am I speaking of? I'm speaking of Queen Elizabeth II of England, the 90-year-old monarch of the United Kingdom. I got to tell you, I really love this woman. I admire her. I admire her devotion to her Christian faith. I admire her character. I admire the way she's borne herself during difficult times. And I thought that during this season of unbelievable shenanigans and misdealings and vileness and nastiness in the Trump White House and in Washington, D.C., where I live, that this might be a good moment to take a time during this midsummer period and extol the virtues and extend the character and to commend the character of Queen Elizabeth II, who I am proud to call my girlfriend. Of course, she knows nothing about this, but still, that's the deal. Let me tell you a few things about her that make me admire her. First of all, she's the longest reigning monarch in British history. Can you believe it? She has reigned more than 60 years. She never went to university, but she has been the advisor and confidant to 12 British prime ministers, the first of which was Winston Churchill. She's a 90-year-old senior citizen, but still works over 40 hours a week. She employs 1,200 people, but feeds her own dogs. She can rebuild the engine of a truck, but I don't know if you know that she was a truck mechanic during World War II, but she still looks entirely comfortable and elegant in a 488-carat diamond tiara that she wears. She's the most famous woman in the world, but she seems relaxed talking to members to citizens of um, elder homes and heads of tech companies and uh, generals in her military. She's the Supreme Governor of the Church of England, attends church weekly, even on holidays, and prays daily, but never tells anyone to go to church. What I love about this woman is not only her humor and her devotion and her Christian witness, but also that she has conducted her 60 years without any hint of personal scandal. Now, I'm the first to understand that her family have, have often misbehaved. Some of them have harebrained ideas and misbehaved and, and, and just conducted themselves in ways that are embarrassing and a blight on their nation's history. But Elizabeth II herself has not conducted herself in such ways. In fact, one political commentator in England, a man named Andrew Marr, says there are no reliable recorded incidents of the queen losing her temper, using bad language, or refusing to carry out a duty expected of her. She is an amazing woman. You know, she wasn't even supposed to be queen. I assume you know the story that you see portrayed best in the movie, The King's Speech. Her uncle was Edward VIII, and he fell in love with a woman uh, who was divorced, and therefore he could not marry and also be the reigning monarch of England. So he abdicated. He abdicated the throne. This is, again, Elizabeth's uncle. And instead, Elizabeth's father became the king. He became King George VI. 
He was the man who was the British monarch all during World War II, famous for his friendship and partnership with Winston Churchill as they led the British nation through those horrible days. And again, as I say, during that time, uh, Elizabeth was an auto mechanic in the British Army. She served, served well, served valiantly, and was known for her skills. Uh, She was never supposed to be the queen, but when her father died as the oldest of his children, she became the monarch. And she has reigned in that role for 60 years years. Can you believe it? Now, she lives a a fairly, uh, when I say quiet life, you understand, I know she's one of the most famous uh, personalities in the world, and I'm not saying that she lives in some kind of a retreat somewhere, but nevertheless, she's not daily in the news. She's not overt. You know, she's not pushing herself forward. She does her duties. She does them well. She lives um, in her various homes, um, beloved of the British people, but at the same time, very much uh, to herself. But I got to tell you, there have been episodes in her life when she has shown tremendous courage. Pretty, pretty amazing. Uh, there was a time, for example, uh, when she was on a horse and uh, she was uh, uh, famously during the trooping of the color guard in 1981. Uh, she was riding side saddle uh, and she was not flanked by other riders. This is in a great big parade in London. And suddenly shots fired out. Uh, someone had, had fired a gun in the crowd. Now, Elizabeth, again, is riding alone. She has no other riders beside her. She has no other bodyguards nearby. They are many yards away. And even though she heard them, even though her horse bolted a bit um, and and kicked back, uh, and even though she was well aware, she did not look around. She did not dismount. She did not ride off the parade. She simply leaned forward, patted her horse, calmed him down, and continued riding, knowing, obviously, that if anyone was being shot in a parade, it was going to be her. It's a magnificent moment of character and courage uh, by by an unprotective uh, queen of England. And uh, I remember seeing that and admiring it deeply, and uh, it made me love her even more. Uh, many people don't know that the very next year, uh, in 1982, an intruder named Michael Fagan broke into the queen's bedroom, can you believe it, one night at Buckingham Palace. How that happened is a uh, for another discussion. Uh, but he broke into her bedroom while she was sleeping. She woke up and she handled uh, her discussions with this intruder so well that people later marveled. And all she said in her typical understated way was, you seem to forget that I spend most of my time conversing with complete strangers. Now, that's just how low key and almost droll she can be uh, in that here she was dealing with an intruder into her bedroom at night, an armed intruder, by the way. Uh, but she just handled it calmly and quietly. And then later said, no big deal. I talk to strangers all the time. I got to tell you that what I really admire about this queen is not just her 60 years reigning. Uh, it's not just the sense of duty that she has. Again, she was never supposed to be queen. It was not the way it was supposed to work. Um, she should have been free to live her own life. Um, it's not just the way she's borne herself during tragedies, but it's also the fact that she is a very strong Christian witness. And this really convicts me a bit about where we are in the United States. Uh, a lot of American politicians want to talk about having a faith, but they're never overt about it. They're never open about it. But she is very bold about her Christian faith. And every year, especially in her Christmas address, I would strongly urge you to go back on YouTube and look at the Christmas addresses that Queen Elizabeth II has done. Uh, she's very pronounced in her faith. For example, uh, here, here are words that she said in 2011. I uh, remember them so well that I went back and looked them up. She said, in the last verse of this beautiful carol, O Little Town of Bethlehem, 
there is a prayer. O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray, cast out our sin and enter in, be born in us today. The queen went on. It is my prayer that on this Christmas day, we might all find room in our lives for the message of the angels and for the love of God through Christ Jesus, our Lord. I mean, I I have to tell you that that she has been just absolutely outspoken in her faith, Uh, not just at Christmas. She has said publicly that she would like nothing more than that her grandchildren follow in the steps of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. She commends Jesus Christ every year to all of the people of England. And by the way, if you know anything about England, you know it's becoming increasingly religious diverse, and it um, has a gigantic portion of its population that is Muslim. And she loves them and honors them and knights them and visits them, um, uh, people of every religious persuasion. But at the same time, she stands up very strongly and says, this is who I am. I am a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm the head of a Christian church, the monarch, the head head of a Christian church. And I'm not going to hide uh, from that Christian commitment. And so she very quietly and, and with great strength radiates the truth, the meaning, and the grace of the Christian life. She said in 2012, God sent his only son to serve, not to be served. He restored love and service to the center of our lives in the person of Jesus Christ. Now, I got to tell you, with a lot of American politicians, they, they will talk about faith in God and God plus America, but even the Christian ones won't get specific about Jesus. The queen never hesitates to mention Jesus, to mention her faith, uh, to mention what she believes, and to mention why she believes it. I think she's an amazing woman. I think she's had unbelievable struggles and difficulties, huge disappointments with her children, uh, the death of a daughter-in-law, the death of a sister, obviously the deaths of parents. Um, She was thrust into uh, the monarchy very early. She was not even 21 years old. And yet we cannot recall one incident where she misbehaved in any way. There's no scandal around her personally. And uh, if there's anything that can be laid to her charge, it might be that that a monarch schedule has kept her from perhaps mothering her children as actively as she might like to. But I just want to say that I admire this woman. We're not going to have her with us forever. She's 90 years old and um, just recently missed a church around the holidays because she was ill. Obviously, you know, you can say of anybody on the planet uh, without necessarily being dark that we're not going to have them forever. There'll come a day, though, that I'll be talking on this podcast about her death. And I think it would be good for all of us to remember that it is possible to do your duty to God and country. It is possible to be a consistent Christian witness. It is possible uh, to maintain a clear moral lines uh, so that people notice and people are inspired to do likewise. It is uh, possible to love and to engage with people who are very unlike you religiously, sexually, um, ethnically, etc., and yet to be a strong Christian witness simply by how you live your life. I believe that Queen Elizabeth II of England has done that. I honor her. Whatever the movies say, whatever the scandals are, uh, whatever happens with the royal family uh, going forward, I think this woman has been an exceptional woman. And I would certainly, though, again, I'm grateful that the American Revolution happened. I would certainly like for our American statesmen to take note and go and do likewise. Likewise. 
Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and The Miracle of the Kurds. His new book is Ask the Question, Why We Must Demand Religious Clarity from Our Presidential Candidates, available on Amazon. Learn more about Stephen at stephenmansfield.tv. This is a Chartwell Literary Group production.